0: Jesus taught the disciples the importance of them bearing fruit. Especially we see that in John's Gospel, chapter 15. And it's clear from that that chapter that he wants us to bear fruit, more fruit and much fruit. Because this is the way that we glorify, glorify our Lord in heaven. The word fruit is used in a number of different ways in our scripture. Uh, One way is that it describes the gifts brought to God, good works, and praise. And in our passage this morning, the the fruit of the Spirit has to do with character. It's the character of the Holy Spirit that God wants to see in our lives. Fall is the season of cool weather and uh, football games and also watching the beauty of the changing leaves. But for a local church, it's the time when we can pause and we reflect on how generous God has been to us during this past year and to respond to Him by making our financial commitment to His church. I think you'll agree with me that, that we serve a God who is generous and is always provides more to us than we deserve. The story is told that one day a beggar by a roadside asked for alms from Alexander the Great as he passed by. The man was poor and wretched and really had no claim upon the ruler, no right to, to lift his solicitous hand. And yet the emperor threw him several gold coins. Another man in the courtyard was astonished at, at Alexander's the great generosity. And, and, and so he said, Sir... Copper coins would be adequately much enough for the beggar. Why give him gold? Alexander responded in that that royal fashion. Copper coins would suit the beggar's need, but the gold coins suits Alexander's giving. In former churches where I've served as, as senior pastors during, during our fall financial campaign, we would always stress more of the need of the giver to give than it was for the church to receive. It's called generosity. It's called generosity. So I say again, we, we do serve a God who is so gracious and who always provides us more than we deserve. Just as in the illustration Copper coins would have been more than adequate for the beggar, but he provided the gold because Alexandra saw the need to give. A few years ago, a pastor had had planned to preach a sermon on generosity, and he asked members of his congregation to give him categories that he might could use to preach on to be generous he had already preached on generosity with their time and with their money, and he asked them to give him some of the thoughts of other ways that a person could be generous. So, as we reflect on some of those responses this morning, I, I want to call this the God's basket of fruits, as taken from our scripture lesson from Galatians chapter twenty, uh, chapter uh, five. Verses 21, 22, and 23 reminds us of the fruits of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, and kindness, and and generosity. And then he goes on to include faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Reflecting on generosity this morning, we ponder on the ways to be generous. A very popular response to that pastor's question coming from the congregation on being generous is that we can be more generous with our words, with the words that we speak. Now we can come from that in in different ways. We can use our words to obviously to encourage one another. Uh, That's a key thought in the Bible, isn't it? Uh, We don't go around seeking with our words to discourage one another Rather, we seek to encourage them. We, we want to build them up with our words. And, we, we, and when we have the opportunity to extend a compliment to another person, uh, we're, we're ready to do it and to offer them a compliment and joy and with a sincere smile. We also use our words to instruct others to teach, to teach and to share God's word. I mean, we don't throw God's word in the, in the face of, of others but we share his word and we share his word the bible with others we share our stories and help them to see the transforming power that god's word would have upon them but on the same token there's something to be said for being silent and listening to others we can listen to others when when they're hurting we can sit with a friend who is in need and sometimes the best help that we can be be to somebody else is to just be quiet and listen. Charles Stanley calls that the the ministry of presence, that is just to to be there with somebody when they need help. And speaking of, of being present for others, the use of our time is another popular response to that pastor's request about generosity. We can use our time... We can use our time to to serve God and to serve one another. We can serve by offering to teach others a craft or a skill that we might have that that someone else might want to learn. Uh, We can teach them how to to sew or to uh, knit or quilt or cooking. We might want to teach them another language or maybe a sport or maybe want to help them learn how to play an instrument a lot better. In God's baskets of fruit, There are lots of ways to honor God to demonstrate our generosity uh, through this. Another popular category of ways of practicing generosity piggybacks, I think, a little on this is encouragement. I mean, it's simple to do, isn't it? I've already spoken about that. We can encourage one another with our words. But it it has a positive attitude, being generous in not judging others. Being quick to give a smile to others and, and offering hugs. And I would also like to add being generous with a phone call or, or a card or letter to someone or maybe a, a text to someone who may be feeling down, but a quick smile to give a friendly hug when appropriate. But With our mask on and with us practicing social distancing, it's difficult to do any one of those right now. Along with that, And one of the more difficult ways to practice generosity, in my opinion, is to be patient with others. Now, it would not be a generosity. If we practice patience with others, and I would like to, to add, be patient with ourselves, to cut ourselves a little slack, if you will. Another answer, which occurred numerous times, would be the need for us to practice forgiveness out. Forgiveness? I mean, that's such an important gift that we could give to somebody else. It's such a way to practice generosity is when we offer them forgiveness. Whether we think they deserve it or not, uh, we can set them free as as well as ourselves. And you've heard about forgiveness on, on a number of occasions. You've heard sermons preached about it. Some of you who are Sunday school teachers have even taught about that. But it's still one of the most difficult things to do, isn't it? To forgive. Oftentimes it's a a process to to have to to work through. But when we can do it, we have helped others show Christ to the world. And we realize then once again what Jesus did for you and for me. By offering forgiveness for all of us. So you see, there, there are many ways we can practice generosity. In fact, I believe generosity is one of the characteristics of a person who is a disciple of Jesus Christ. For when it comes to, to generosity, it's not all about money. We're, whether, we're rather shy when, it, when we talk about money. Uh, Bill has even indicated that, that we don't want to show anybody about our money. We don't, we don't post our bank statement on our refrigerator, do we? We become shy when we want to talk about money. It's very uncomfortable and intimidating for us to realize, I think, that we might get the impression that that somehow Jesus felt that, uh, that we could talk about money. It was okay. Jesus talked more about giving than he did about heaven. If you study the Bible much, you might get the impression that Jesus felt that One was much more important than the other. But Jesus preached a lot about giving and a lot about generosity. So why all this emphasis on generosity? Well, Paul writes about that in the fifth chapter of Galatians when he talks about us having the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of generosity. But why all this talk about generosity today? Because that's what Paul is talking about in Galatians. When he's referring to the fruits of the Spirit, he's talking about the fruit of generosity. Mark's gospel did not record Jesus' reflection on the the widow's offering. You remember the story of the widow's mite? The widow who had nothing and she gave all that she had, a, a little mite, if you will jesus uh jesus reflection on the the widow's offering uh so that we could be used uh, uh, paul didn't write about that so that we could use that in offering the church budget on creating a church budget that's not why it's in the scripture paul didn't pin his his offering instruction to the corinthian church to help congregation in their stewardship program centuries later that's not what paul was doing Stewardship of our blessings and generosity are integral parts of an abundant life and being a disciple of Jesus Christ. God gave. God gave everything in the presence of Jesus Christ. God did not hold back anything. Generosity has its roots in God, in his life, in his death, in his resurrection, Jesus demonstrated to us what it means to be generous, and we all want to follow not just Paul's example, but all of us want to follow Jesus's life. The widow I just mentioned, when she gave the widow's mite, the widow gave all that she had; she held nothing back. And through generosity, through uh, monetarily speaking. Her offering was was really insignificant. But her actions, her actions, but symbolically her actions spoke volumes. She gave all that she had. Generosity in the lives of God's people has always been a way of just saying thanks. Saying thanks to God. When the Israelite of the Old Testament Uh, hauled in their tithe of the first fruits of their harvest it was a way of saying thanks to God for the blessings of their harvest. Their offering uh, to people who were in need was a way of saying to them thanks and as they cared for others they were thanking God for the manner in which God cared for them. So why do pastors have to, year after year, stand in the pulpit and just beg people to fill out a card and, and to, to offer that? Well, it helps with the church budget. Sure it does. But I say again, it's more important for you to give than it is for the church to receive. God, as they cared for others, that is, the Israelites, they were thanking God for all that he had done for them. So look around you this morning. I mean, look at, your, look at your life. God has really blessed you. Even though times may be difficult for you during this pandemic and you've suffered loss or have pain, still there's so much for which you can give thanks. God has a whole basket of fruits and you own them. You own them. You have life and a relationship with a loving, caring, gracious, and powerful God. You have that kind of life with Him. You have this, also you have this, this family of faith, these with whom we worship today, who love you and care about you. And of course, we have our food, clothing, and, and shelter, but, but you're richly blessed, as I am. I am richly blessed. Your gifts of time and talents and treasures are ways that you just say thanks. The way that you serve in ministry through this church is a way of saying thank you, God. Oh yeah, you're doing it for Him. But it's a way of saying thank you, God. I want to serve you through this church by saying thank you, God. Thank you for allowing me to own what I have. I know we don't own all of that. But to have what we, what we have gotten from God, we say thank you, Lord. Thank you for the abundant blessings that you've poured into our life and for the new life that we have in Jesus Christ. You see, if we keep all of our blessings, all of our fruits, if we keep those, We are more assured, at least in our eyes, that we have enough for tomorrow and and the days ahead. I mean, we want to keep just so much. We don't want to give everything, do we? We should. It doesn't belong to us anyway. So when we give him all that we have, then we want to keep something for ourselves, We say, well, uh, but generosity is one of the ways that that we act out our faith. When we are generous, we are acting out our faith. We are saying that as we give our tithes and, and make our commitment to this church, that we believe and that we trust that God is able and willing to provide for us and give us everything we need for our daily life. Many of us will at one time or another look at that, that amount that we're given, and we'll remind ourselves that, that there are a lot of things that we can do with all that money besides give it back to the Lord through the church. I mean, there are times that we want to purchase a new car, and we feel like that. Well, we've we've uh, we've made our commitment to the church. And I want to keep that, but we want to purchase a new car, or maybe go on an extended vacation, or maybe we want to make those home improvements that we've put off for a while, and we look at our card and we say, oh, my goodness. I make $50,000 a year, but I'm only giving 3000 to the church. Is that generosity? Is that generosity? But because we are content, we're able to demonstrate our trust to God who will give us more than we, than we deserve So God's given us an opportunity today. God's given us an opportunity to say, Lord, I love you. I'm going to respond to your generosity to me by putting on paper some kind of commitment to the church of a way of saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you for being so generous to me. And now I give back to you. The stewardship of God's abundant blessing that God pours into our lives both transforms us and it bears witness to the transformation that has taken place in our life when we have that relationship with Jesus Christ. The fruit of generosity opens us up to experience the joy of our Lord, the abundant life that, that is ours through the cross of Christ and through the depth of what it means to be a disciple of Christ. Mr. James L. Kraft was the head and the founder of Kraft Cheese Corporation. I like his story, and I was reading about his, about his life the other day he had uh, given approximately 25% of his enormous income. Now, can you imagine? Not 10%, as the Old Testament suggests, but 25% of his enormous income to Christian cause for many years. And he says this, the only investment that I have ever made which has paid consistently increasing dividends, is the money that I give to the Lord. There's a man, Mr. Kraft, who gave 25% of his income, his salary, to charitable organizations and to his church. I wonder how many of us could live by his motto when he says, The most gracious amount that I receive back from God is what I have given to Him. The dividends of the interest on the money that He has paid out has been enormous. Now that's what I mean by generosity. That's what I mean by generosity. The Spirit then is, is speaking to us today, and you have the choice to respond and make grace abound. Maybe you've already made that commitment in your own privacy of your own home. Maybe you've already mailed it in, or you've taken it by the church office and dropped it off. But if you haven't done that, let me encourage you to give your time in prayer in the next few minutes to fill out that card and then drop those in the baskets when we leave because we'll respond today as to how generous our Heavenly Father has been to you and to me. Paul reminds us the fruits of the Spirit, patient love, kindness, but the one that is speaking to us today is the fruit of generosity, Do we bear that fruit of generosity not only through the church but through other means of our community? How is it that you have become generous? Are you generous with your words? Are you generous with your lifestyle? Are you generous with your relationship with one another? Are you generous? Because Paul more than our Lord, is in emphasizing generosity. And we respond today. We have the privilege to respond today to the generosity from God. Would you join me in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we don't take it lightly the things that you have done for us the things that you have given to us. We don't take it lightly, Lord, that that you gave your only begotten son. We don't take it lightly that that you have inspired men and, and women to write encouraging words and men who have written these books of the Bible that we know as books of the Bible that have been inspirational words to us that caused us, to, caused us to be the person that we are today. We don't take that lightly. We don't take it lightly, Lord, that, that we can come into this place today comfortable as it is, that we have a church in which to worship. We don't take it lightly today, Lord, that we can inspire one another through our singing and through the, the music that's played and sung. We don't take it lightly today that we have nice clothes. We don't take it lightly, Father, the fact that after our service today that we're going to enjoy a good meal. All of this, Lord, is given to us because you're so generous to us. And now we say thank you, Lord. Father, we say thanks Thanks for giving us more than we deserve. And as we show our commitment to you, we want you to bless it. Bless all these cards. Bless our commitment. And bless this church. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.